Hello everyone, this is Joshua Sharon, and I'm a man of many hats. I will be called a polymath. I'm a Christian, chef, author, entrepreneur, and leader. I am wired to learn and seek new different things. I want to welcome you to a brand new podcast entitled The Josh Cast. On this podcast, I want to touch a few particular topics that are nudging at my heart. Such as information, faith, comedy, and encouragement. Information is liberating. Faith is trusting in God. Comedy is medicine and encouragement is hope. If you have all foreign life, you can move forward in the right direction. Today, for my first episode, I want to simply ask the question, where is God? That's the question of today. Where is God? It was C.S. Lewis who once said, we were promised suffering. They were a part of the program. They were even, we were even told, blessed are they that mourn. And I accept that. I've got nothing that I have not bargained for. Of course, it is different when the things happen to us and not to others. Many people, lives are full of suffering. How do we make sense of this suffering? Why does God allow suffering? Why does he allow the innocent and righteous to suffer? Where is God when I'm hurting? An elderly man groans in pain, longing for release of cancer. A little boy abandoned by his family. A little girl whose father has left the home. A husband has felt the pain of his wife leaving him for someone else. A young woman losing her husband to a motorcycle accident. We see the pain of 9-11. We're confronted by misery all of the time. And it feels like danger and hurt is married together in our lives. We often search for hidden meanings contained within suffering. And we're trying to find an explanation. What does the Bible say about suffering? The height of suffering in the world raises many profound questions about the nature of God and his involvement in human life. If God is all good, all powerful, and all loving, why do the innocent suffer? Neither the Old Testament nor the New Testament provide a complete answer to this question. But some answers are given and these ideas we can explore. The Bible teaches that we suffer because of the fallen, broken, wounded, sinful nature of humanity. Sin has entered the world and brought death, disease, division, and destruction. Human beings rebel against God and his holiness, righteousness, and justice. Uh, Human bodies and creation are frail. In spite of this very real struggle, we are sure that God is still good. We are sure that when Christ returns, all things will be restored and everything will stop all of the pain and the suffering. We still have this question of where is God? What does Job have to say about suffering? 
The book of Job is one source that Christians can turn to for explanation to human suffering and pain. Job is a stunning book of the Bible. It helps us engage in both the conceptual problems of suffering and the human experience of it. The misery of the innocent, defenseless, and good people is a very real dilemma. Job is a righteous man who lives a blameless and upright life, fearing God and shunning evil. In spite of all this, he suffers greatly. He loses his livestock, friends, property, health, family. And even in the midst of that, his friends try to comfort him. His friends believe that God is wrong for this. What's the real meaning of suffering? Job doesn't portray the suffering of the righteous and innocent and good as something that's necessarily so great. As we look at human will, the laws of nature, human sin and brokenness, all combined with pain. In the book of Job, Job never condemns or questions God. He laments his better feelings. He has grieving calamities, but yet he still doesn't curse God. Job explains that God has neglected his expectations, that God has made fool of him. But yet we realize that Job still holds on to his faith. God responds to Job's questioning, but he doesn't do it in a manner that would silence through fear, persuade by love, or have logical explanation. Instead, God responds in a divine human encounter, allowing Job to glimpse and see the respectable places of God and the human beings in the universe. This book tells us that God permits evil and chaos for a season, but they are kept on a leash. In the face of suffering and injustice, human beings have the responsibility to pursue and display morality, compassion, justice, freedom, and hope. The book of Job is a story of his friends and them trying to answer the questions or trying to figure out the suffering. But Job shows us that when people suffer, we should listen to them compassionately instead of trying to throw an answer to them. We also learn that we should trust in the goodness of God to work everything out in the end. The message of the book is that there is no answer to this question of where is God and where, why do we suffer? We don't have to settle for superficial answers to this problem of suffering and evil. Life is full of contradictions and pain. The righteous, they suffer. The innocent, they suffer. But we can still find hope and peace in trusting in God. Even if they, we can't find answers at all at once. The question is asked, where is God when it hurts? Where is it? 
the question remains. If God takes pleasure in us, why do the innocent suffer? How do we figure this out? The Bible shows us that God, who is not distant, distant from human suffering, God himself suffers. He suffered greatly physically when he was hungry and weary, when he was going through crucifixion, emotional, when he was crying for his friend named Lazarus, when he was grieving for the fall of his people. And spiritual and mental when he was suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane and his torment on the cross. Jesus identifies with our suffering. He understands why the innocent suffer because he himself was innocent, but he suffered. It amazes me how. We look at our pain and think that we're entitled to feel like we're not supposed to suffer. But when we look at God, he himself was innocent, but yet he suffered. Let's go a little further. Paul describes Christ as our intercessor in heaven, who deeply understands, shares and experiences our suffering because he himself has suffered. God was a suffering God. He is the crucified God. God won't know the end of his pain while he was suffering. He didn't know the heartbreak that he was going to fulfill or be in that moment, but yet he still endured it. One thing I can say is God is present in our suffering. One thing I also notice is that suffering shapes us. Since God is involved in our suffering, he is able to work through it for our good. Even though the suffering is never good in itself. Since God's presence is with us when we suffer, he may use that suffering to draw us closer to him. It develops us in a Christian maturity and to accomplish his purpose. Notice that I've said he uses it, not causes suffering for his people. It's still a terrifying thought. God uses pain to bring us to him. To others, that would sound very oxymoronic. As C.S. Lewis once famously wrote, he said, God whispers to us in out pleasures, speaks to our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to, to rouse a deaf world. I want to say that again. Let me say that slowly. God whispers to us in out pleasures. Speaks in our consciousness, but shouts our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. C.S. Lewis says that suffering can lead us to humility and dependency on God. But suffering can lead us to final and unrepentant 
rebellion, suffering, can break down our wrong ideas of God. Suffering can, but doesn't always lead to hope. And suffering makes sense in the light of the final chapter. When we go to the end of life, it is important to reflect on our response or our viewpoint on suffering. The first response we have to ask ourselves is there, is this a result of, is this a result of my sin, lifestyle? If so, what should I change? Notice that the answer may not be yes or it could be no. Often it's the righteous and innocent who suffer. Is God trying to speak to me in the midst of the suffering? Not causing the suffering, but speaking to me in the midst of it. Let me make it let me make an analogy. You are maybe a person that is maybe about to walk into a storm. Maybe you're a person that is in a storm or you're a person that is coming out of a storm. Let me say that again. Some people are about to walk into a storm. Some are in a storm and then some are out of a storm. Regardless of whether you're about to go into a storm, whether you're in a storm or out of a storm, God will always be there. That's good news for all of us. Once we've asked those questions, here are some things we can do. I recognize how difficult for some of these things, are, especially when we're in physical pain and emotional anguish. Hold on to the promise that God is with you in your suffering. You see, I'm reminded of a song and it said, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. The joy we share as we tarry there. The good thing about it is that when we ask, where is God? He is always there in the good times and the bad times. And even when the bad times seem so bad, God is still there. So what do we do with that? We cling to the hope of eternal healing. We show others compassion in their suffering. We refuse to give simplistic and cliche answers. Let me say that again. We cling to the hope of eternal healing. We show others compassion in their suffering. We refuse to give simplistic and cliche answers. And as we understand this, we resist suffering through cliche things. We pray for healing. Not only healing for us, but healing for our friends, our families, the ones who matter. Healing all over the world. Because the world still needs healing. And they need a healer. And healing only comes from our healer. We must change our lifestyle and habits. And we must minister to those who are suffering. 
How do we minister to those who are suffering? We we understand their pain. We show compassion and we understand where they are. And we look at the pain, not in disgust, but we sympathize with their pain. And we say, let me help you. How can I be of service? Remember the cross, the resurrection and Christ's return. When we come to the cross, the cross shows us pain, blood, and anguish. The cross shows us betrayal, but it also shows us blessings. It shows us victory. The cross shows us that God suffers and shares our pain. It shows us the incredible suffering of Christ to redeem and restore the world. The resurrection witnesses to the new life and the new creation in Jesus Christ to the resurrection of our whole healed and restored bodies. Christ returns, gives us hope for the new heaven and earth at the end of the age through the rule and reign of Jesus Christ. God takes pleasure in us. The Bible teaches us that God takes pleasure in his children. He delights in us. The reality of suffering doesn't change that. It is this delight that caused Christ to endure the suffering of the cross. And that causes God to be a suffering God and a crucified God. But not only that, he is a victorious God. He offers us eternal freedom from pain and suffering. Even though we often suffer greatly in this lifetime, he is present in our suffering. He brings comfort. He brings hope. He brings loving friends. And he always brings physical healing. God gives us hope. The New Testament brings a new perspective to our understanding of suffering, the perspective of eternity. Paul wrote, the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. We suffer in this life. Faith doesn't always protect us from that. Indeed, we'll promise suffering if we follow Christ. But the Bible says we can hope in the new heaven and the new earth where there will be no more suffering and no more pain. The, I remember a few years ago telling a personal story when my grandfather passed away. And I remember it was a very difficult time for me and I was just crying. I was very emotional and I was just having all these questions. Why God? Why this? Why that? And I remember the day of his wake. It was on a Saturday and there was an older lady who came towards me and she hugged me and said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry for your loss and you lost someone that was special. You lost someone that you loved. And I was and I was like, yes, yes, yes. And she just kept going on and on. And I had to stop her and I said, hold on. I said, it's not a loss, 
but it's God's gain. And many people, we can feel the pain, we can feel the suffering, but the good thing is, is that when you follow Jesus, when you dedicate your life to him and accept him as Lord and Savior, when you, when you have been washed and redeemed by his blood, you will see him again. You'll see that person that you love. If they were faithful to God, if they were reading their Bible and staying with the Lord, and if they were understanding the redemption and the power of God's blood, you will see them again. This life is as a drop in the ocean compared with our eternal peace, joy and wholeness with God. Such thoughts doesn't always come for us when we suffer or that we lose someone we love. But at times, such hope does help in our time of suffering. We must put our eyes on the Lord. We must put our heart and trust in God. Let me try to go a little further. The meaning of human misery will always perplex us as we long, as we try to answer the question, where is God? Why does suffering exist? What is the origin of suffering? What is the cause of suffering? Why am I going through this? Why am I personally suffering? Why do the righteous suffer? Why do the innocent suffer? Why do the good people suffer? Why is God so all-knowing and all-powerful, but yet we suffer? I began with the book of Job. I would like to return there as I close. Job shows us the natural tendency to question God when undeserved calamity strikes. The message of the book of Job is that there is no right answer or wrong answer to the questions. And it's okay to question God. We don't have to settle for superficial answers to the problem. We don't have to look for an easy way out. Life is full of uncertainties. Life is full of a paradox. Life is filled with swift transitions. None of earth can move, can stand. Build your hope on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. You see, I understand that we go through suffering, we go through pain, but the good news is when you accept Jesus as your savior, when you love him and he loves you, you are in his hands. When I put my life in everyone else's hands, it doesn't work. But when I put my life in God's hands, his hands can protect me and guide me and mold me into anything that he has a desire for me. You see, it's not our will, but his will. Somehow, in the midst of a chaos, somehow in the midst of pain, somehow in the midst of things that look dark, somehow in the midst of things that look scary, somehow God gives us a purpose. God gives us hope. God gives us healing. God gives us peace and a new life. The righteous may suffer. The innocent may suffer, but we can still find hope and trust in the Lord. God, he is the one 
that died on the cross. God is the one who suffered for us on that cross. God is the one who bled and died for us. But then they took our Savior and then they put him in a tomb and they said the story is over. But I'm so glad that when Sunday morning came, the pain that he dealt with, it went away because then he got up out of the grave with all power in his hands. And the good news is, is that no matter how much you suffer, how much you go through, there is always sunshine that is going to come. I remember one night it was raining so bad and the rain was falling and the rain was everywhere and it was so bad. But when I woke up the next morning, there was a sunshine that came after the rain. And I realized that, yes, the rain was happening and like it was not going to be dry, but there was a sunshine that came in the early morning. Psalms 35, 30 in verse 5 says, Weep in May, endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And right now your night may look bad. Your night may look crazy. Your night may look, may look scarce, may look terrible, but the sunshine of joy comes in the morning. Because in the morning, there is peace. In the morning, there is joy. In the morning, there is love. In the morning, there is a joy that comes that even the world can't can't take away. This joy that I had, the world didn't give it. And the world can't take it away. You may have gone through suffering. You may have gone through pain. And you may ask, where is God? But I want you to know that God is still there. I want you to know that even when things look up or look down, God is there. Even in the midst of what's going on right now, God is there. Let's do a summary. So the question was asked, where is God? What does the Bible say about it? Then we said, what does Job teach us about suffering? And then we understood that God is there. And God gives us hope. Well, I'm out of time, not out of word or information to help everyone else. But I want to thank you very much for listening to this Josh cast. On this episode, I want to, on the next episode, I want to continue This question of where is God? I still want to explore because I have so many things I want to continue. I didn't get a chance to touch everything, but I'm glad that I can talk about it in the next episode. Uh, I want all of you to contact me on Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter. I'm on all three. Uh, My Facebook is Joshua, J-O-S-H-U-A. My last name, S-H-E-R-R-O-N. I'm on Twitter. My Twitter name is the same as my Facebook name. I'm on Snapchat. You can definitely hit me up on Snapchat. And if you would like to email me, you can email me at joshuasharoninc at gmail.com. I'll spell that out. J-O-S-H-U-A-S-H-E-R-R-O-N-I-N-C at gmail.com. If you are enjoying this conversation and this journey with me, please let me know. Hit me up on Facebook and Twitter and Snap and send me an email and let's have a conversation. 
please let me know. I would love to hear from everybody to, you know, uh, tell me what they would like to hear on this podcast to help push this Josh cast and support it and to push our message even further. Please donate to our cash app uh, dollar sign Josh J-O-S-H last name S-H-E-R-R-O-N. I want to thank everyone for being on here. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. I'm so glad that everybody is here. Uh, uh, just want to let you know. and I want everyone to know that on the Josh cast, you will receive a gift that lasts.